and welcome back to episode 10 of Swift University. Swift University! We I are am- at episode 10. I am going to lose. I am so excited for this episode. Not only because it's our 10th, but because there's so much stuff to talk about. Like, I I feel so bad, but the last episode, it was like, let's get to 1989. Like, this yeah, is going to was- be so good. It was rushed. It was snubbed just like it was snubbed in real life. I feel like it got treated. <laughs> uh, I, justice for Red. Justice for Red. I'm sorry. We never did rate it at the end of the episode, but I think you know. Speak Now is my number one. Yeah, we'll see about that. Red um, Fearless debut. We'll, we'll see about that. You're like, we can fight about it later. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was our first yin and yang episode. Every every song I liked, she didn't like, and then her yep. songs, I was like, "You're you don't know what you're talking about." Oh no, it was it was <laughs> awesome. I did love that experience because I I feel like that'll get more passionate as we get more into like the newer CDs. Oh yeah, I can't wait till you like have a full opinion on everything, and then we can fight. Oh, that's <laughs> gonna be so fun. <laughs> I'm gonna love yeah. it. That's how you know you're real friends when you're like, I can't wait to, f- I can't, <laughs> can't wait, wait to, to fight, fight with you about music. I can't wait to fight with great. you about music. It's gonna be great. Okay, so because then we're gonna cry at the songs that we love together. That's what uh, makes you beautiful Swifties. Exactly so, what happened last time. So let me Do tell you, you about now? my. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you about my week. So I went to the fair this this uh, week, and I took oh, my yeah. d- I took my daughter to the fair for the first time, and she was off with her dad riding a ride, and I was riding a ride with my uh, sister, and they started playing Wildest Dreams, and I was like, oh, I know that heartbeat. I know that heartbeat anywhere. I was like, they're playing Taylor Swift. And then the girl behind me was like, they're playing Taylor Swift. And then <gasps> she started singing and I started singing. And then we started recording each other. And then we was holding hands. And it's just so beautiful to be That's a Swiftie. So I, didn't, I didn't even know these people. And then we get on the ride and they start playing our song. And I was like, what is happening right now? It's and it Taylor was everything. Right yeah. And I'll post, that on, I'll post that video on Instagram of me screaming our song in the middle of a fair ride. Um, I do need to die, uh, like, uh, divert for a second. Can we also please talk about what other experience you had at the fair? Me being sick? Yes. Oh, my God. Listen, no. Listen, Raven, we are out here doing the Lord's work. We are okay. out here telling women and warning women, any of our listeners, that nobody told us this. But okay, after well, you have right. kids – your stomach cannot handle fair rides. It cannot it handle can't. roller coasters. And nobody tells you that. So nobody like, tells need- you that. No, and we need to have a was, PSA. We was trying to record last night. And I call, I was talking to Kelsey and I was like, I'm so sick. I feel horrible. I, I rode two rides, two rides. And I was sicker than a dog. And every, I, ne- I never used to get car sick, motion sick, anything nope. like that. But, no. but ever since I had my kid, I can't do it no more. It makes me feel old. I'm telling you, it's it's. I threw up on a roller coaster the last time I went. Like I literally, so, it's it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. I was so never that person. A, yeah. So if you're a thrill seeker, if you're an adrenaline <laughs> junkie, note note that for the future, take you're welcome. Some, take some dramamine. Uh, but moving on from last week, we like we talked about. We went over Red, Kelsey's version, and she broke down uh, her favorite songs. And then, she, like she said, she's just ready to move on to 1989, and I don't blame her. 
because she tried to do it early without me, without, I'll, <laughs> it's, I'll canon. Never let you. it's canon now. I just don't care about red. I don't care. I'll, no, I'll, no, please don't kill me. I'll never let you live this down. Her trying to just bebop into 1989 <laughs> and skip a whole era. And then not even know what she's talking about, nor know the song, no information, just this is raw so dogging this era. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's it's canon now that I'm just like whatever, 1989. <laughs> so let's get on into it. I'm really excited about it. 1989 is a very special album to me. I feel like that's when I wait. Really, professor, got to, wait. Yes. You're Professor Raven. I'm a student, yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. You didn't say your name. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, we didn't do it on last episode either. I feel like we're ten episodes in. Okay. People well, know hopefully what's everybody. On. Okay, hopefully, yeah, the ones that are listening know. But just in case, you're brand new. Because this is going to be our best episode ever. If you're, you're new, right. I'm the student, yeah, it, Kelsey. And I'm Professor Raven. And <laughs> Kelsey is about a teenage Swifty now. Yes. So she's, and we are breaking it all down. So if you are, this is your first uh, listen to, if you're trying to just get into 1989 so that you can, let's say, here's the future and 1989 Taylor's version yeah. coming out and you want to brush up. This is perfect for you because we're about to dive in from the very beginning to the very end. And I have I'm done so my excited. research. So I'm super excited. But 1989 is a very special album for me. I feel like that's when I really like connected to her music in a way I never had before. I had just got my first car and it was the first CD that I had and it came with all the the, um, the Polaroids and I had them all in my car and I listened to that song. I didn't have a, I had a radio or a CD player and that's it. And I listened to that CD from the very beginning to the very end. I could not tell you how many times. And when I got my first record player, it was the very first vinyl I ever had. And I have a very extensive vinyl collection now. So the very first really one I ever do. had was a Taylor Swift one. And it's 1989, so it's very special to me. So Okay, listen, can I'm I just... very excited date, to get into it. Can I just date myself like super fast? Because uh, you said that you had a CD player or the radio in your car. Did you not ever have the cassette with the string coming out of it? Oh, oh like it had you had one to of the, plug into yeah. your cell phone. <laughs> Yeah, it, it had one of those too. IPods? Yeah, so it had, great. It, I had one like in my last car. What do you mean? I had to get like a dongle in your last car and like connected to my phone. So I understand. You're that, like this yeah. is this is the struggle I went through to listen to Taylor Swift music. Okay, we had a cassette I, with the thing, and but I couldn't it. afford no Pandora at the time or to be streaming my YouTube like that. Uh, so home, none of us could. Nope. So. Mama listened to it on a CD. <laughs> That's right. So I am super excited to get into it. Are you super excited to get into it? I'm stoked. I'm probably the most interested. I feel like I've been the most interested in the debut episode, the fear or the speak now episode, and then now this one. Like I'm fired up, ready to go. <laughs> I'm fired up, ready to go too. So let's go ahead and dive on in it. The year is October 27th, 2014. Taylor releases her fifth studio album, 1989, on Big Machine Records. The album is highly inspired by the 1980s synth pop. It was created to recalibrate her art to pop after critics disputed her status as a country musician after her last album, Red, had many genre shifts 
but was released still as a country album. And we talked about that last week, how there was like 15 different genres on this album, but it Mm -hmm. still was technically her last country album. She titled it 1989 after her birth year to signify a symbolic rebirth and enlisted Max Martin, who we talked about last before last week, who co-produced Red, is back again as the co-producer for 1989. So at this point, I feel like we're getting to know her team, which right. includes Max Martin, obviously, Shellback, Jack, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff. Yeah, See? there we go. I'm learning. Taylor recorded 1989 in studios across the United States, the United Kingdom, and Sweden with the ensemble, including Max Martin, Shellback, Jack Antonoff, Ryan Tedder, Nathan Chapman. We talked about him before. I can't say this name very well, so forgive me, but Imongen Heap, I-M-O-G-E-N. So forgive me if I'm butchering that. But um, Wait, 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 spell it again. I-M-O-G-E-N. G-E-N? Emogen? Emojin. Emoji. <laughs> Im- no, it, isn't that uh, Imogene? Imogene? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Isn't it Imogene? What did you say? I don't know. Emojin? <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled weird. <laughs> Emoji. <laughs> it's like Imogene. Imogene. Whatever. Where is... Uh, this is a British musician. Please, somebody from the UK. Imogene? Imogene. Imogen. You let us know. We've got to figure it out. Please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> the synth pop productions is characterized by, by pulsating synthesizers, programmed drums, and the process backing vocals. The tracks explored a failed romance from a lighthearted perspective. Taylor and Big Machine promoted 1989 extensively through tie-ins and media endorsements. But they pulled the album from free streaming services, which prompted an industrial disclosed on the impact of streaming on music sales. Wait, I'm going to need you to repeat that. Taylor and her team pulled the entire album from free streaming services, which prompted an industrial discourse on the impact of streaming on music sales. And we will break that fully down in a whole minute because that is a big part of her career. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about this. We're going to have some hot take. Oh, yeah, for sure. But to support the album, Taylor launched the 1989 World Tour. She's got her first world tour. It's no longer just in... Speak Now wasn't world? No, just a few... And Red wasn't even world. Oh, that's awesome. So world tour. World Mrs. Worldwide. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Mrs. Mrs. Worldwide. (laughs) She announced tour dates (laughs) in North America, Europe, Japan, and Oceania in November and December 2014. She announced additional dates for Singapore and China in June 2015 and a final announcement of the third show in Melbourne, which made the following month. The tour took seven months to plan and three months to rehearse. As she was with her previous tours, Taylor was, of course, highly involved in planning and stage design. So let's talk about the stage. Taylor wanted to create a more intimate experience for her fans, which was going to be an issue for the shows that was going to be in stadiums. 
So she had this one of a kind, a hundred foot long catwalk that could detach from the main catwalk. And it was able to rise up and do a 360 degree turn. And it permitted what? to get closer to fans. It was like a propeller. So it would like spin. What? Yeah. She wanted Wait. to be able to go like, she wanted people who had like backed like bad seats to be able to be closer to her, which she's all she's done also in further tours from now on. She can't really did it with the Eras tour because it was just so much. But like the Reputation tour, if she has like just... three different stages. And okay, I don't know if oh gosh, that's such an, that's another one I can't wait to get to. Um, my brain, I don't know if I'm just stupid or if I'm a visual person, but I'm going to need you to explain a catwalk that spins. Like, how does it not hit the fans? Like, I don't, it goes up the, and then spins? Yeah, it like, it like detaches from the middle. You'll see, you'll yeah. see it because I'm going to send you the link because I want you to watch the 1989 okay, World good. Tour. I want you to watch good, the video. So you'll see it where it gets up and moves. It doesn't like spin like a propeller, but it, that's the way it could uh, move. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I think then I'm getting it now. you'll see it when, uh, and it moves through different songs. At one point it gets really high and she comes to the very edge and it, it's like almost like Titanic. Like she's at the <sighs> very end of the boat oh my and goodness. singing like right there with the guitar. So I really want you to see it. And it's also funny. We, we all kind of make fun of the 1989 world tour video because it's so clippy like it's like every two seconds is a different angle of her face or it's just you'll see i saw that on tiktok i saw that on tiktok somebody was like this is uh these edits are worse than taylor swift's 1989 tour video and i was like what what you'll see i guess that's canon i'm excited so, along with playing the entire 1989 album and a couple of her classic hits like Love Story and I Knew You Were Trouble, she also started what we call the surprise songs. Oh my gosh, she's been doing this since 1989? Yep. Each night after the song, all you had to do was stay. She would perform a callback song from another album in her career and performed it differently in each show. And I think it is so crazy to like think that now during the Eras tour, she's got so many, many songs like that she can play two a night differently at every single show. And she's still playing like three shows a week for the next year and hasn't ran out of new songs. And like this, Taylor has to play the same one, just spread them out. And I just love seeing that journey. That's so crazy. I know. But I think that that's so cool that she's kept that as part of her like signature thing. You know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. really neat. It's like it's like cute to see how like cause that's why we get so excited about that kind of stuff. She did it in Reputation tour to us too, so I, I always think about like what you, what's your song. So I was thinking about this earlier. We'll pause this. I had this idea. Everyone's talking about like is she going to do a documentary for the Eras tour? Is she going to do oh yeah a movie? like what is like, it? She, yeah, I want. I would love if she did like almost like a series, and you could like go to each show and watch that show. Oh like, yeah. Well you had talked Nashville to me about night that. night one. Like yeah, uh, Houston exactly. night two. That I think that'd be really cool. I think at minimum, and you don't have to like no, I think this is a great idea. Like I think um, like you said, at minimum have the surprise songs as a series. Yeah, I like, think so too. A whole show because that's like I mean that you gotta think that's like three hours. 
Yeah, but they, you know they're recording it. Like, you can see them recording it. Right, but I'm it. saying, like, Disney hosting. I mean, that would be, like, hours of Taylor Swift content that they would be hosting. Oh, wait. But doesn't Disney have other Taylor Swift stuff? I don't know because yes. I haven't looked at it. Yes, they have. Um, she has a uh, – it's folklore um, at the Long Pond Sessions. You'll get to that. She uh, has a studio that she has, and she recorded – both of those albums there and she performs the entire album live and you get to watch it and i love it oh wow oh that's gonna be cool it's really good so the tour began on may 5th 2015 in tokyo japan and concluded on december 12th 2015 in melbourne australia spanning a hunt spanning 85 shows for many of the shows, Taylor invited special guests on stage with her, including musicians, actors, athletes, and a group of the models and famous friends whom the media called her squad. These are a few of the best ones. Taylor, dressed as Olaf, brought out by Dina Menzel, dressed as Elsa, and performed on Halloween in Tampa, Florida. Taylor performed are with... Are you kidding me? It's so cute. You have to. I can. That I'm gonna post obviously so all fun. these. I'm gonna post all these on our Instagram. And if you're new listening, I have a really. We have a really, really, really awesome Instagram. We post all these little it's niche videos so cool. and links and TikToks and jokes all on our Instagram. And then they are organized in little highlights at the bottom. And you can go to each individual episode and follow along. So follow along at Swift University Pod on Instagram. Taylor performed with Ricky Martin and again with Pitbull in Miami, Mr. Florida. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Dwayne Wade joined Taylor on stage and presented her with a personalized 13 Miami Heat jersey, officially <gasps> making her part of the team. How cute. Charlie XCX, who would later join Taylor on tour when she opens for her during Reputation, surprises fans when Taylor brought her out to sing in Toronto. Another full circle moment is when Taylor brought out the artist she used to open for with Keith Urban in Toronto. Oh, that's N- neat. Nelly joined her in, in Missouri, which I think is like a big fangirl moment for her because oh, yeah. she, has, she has said that Hot in Here is her favorite song. It's Well, it's probably correct. That is a fantastic song. It is a fantastic song. She rocked Nashville when she brought out the one and only Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. And then the next <gasps> show brought out Nashville, brought out Mick Jagger. Oh, my gosh. In okay, Houston. Taylor? I know. In Houston, she brought out Wiz Khalifa, which I'm just going to say uh, his son is obsessed with Taylor. And it's the sweetest thing in the world. Like he brought his son to see her in reputation and got like a a meet and greet and he brought her these big ro- like bouquets of like sunflowers. Oh. The sweetest thing. Sweetest. That's so cute. Liz Khalifa loves Taylor Swift. In I San Diego. That friendship. I do too. It's like a it's like a Martha. Well, I mean, obviously nothing's this legendary, but like Martha Snoop. Exactly. San Diego, she was accompanied by Avril Lavigne. Oh, love Avril, Melissa. In Los Angeles, she brought out her famous best friend, Selena Gomez. In the next L.A. show, she brought out someone who she admitted to being her biggest celebrity crush on The Ellen Show, Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. One of my all-time favorite special guests come from the one and only... 
favorite show that's also me and Taylor's favorite show, Friends, when she had the <gasps> one and only Phoebe Buffay come out. What? And they performed. They didn't sing Smelly Cat. Please tell me they didn't. Perform- Smelly Cat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Raven, I didn't know this existed. And of course, Phoebe corrected her playing and her singing. <gasps> oh my gosh, just like this show. I'm going to lose it. And I'll be posting that one for sure on our Instagram. For sure. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm so stoked. She also had other guests like John Legend. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. I feel like their vo- their vocals blending would be oh beautiful. Alanis Morissette. Oh, that's classic. Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks. Oh. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, just the Chicks. Yeah, just the Chicks. At this Gotta point, respect it their name change. But You're yes, right. Dixie Chicks back then. And Ellen. Okay. Ellen. Again, didn't age well. That's okay. Yeah. Uh. They have a really they had a really close friendship for a long time, but Oh yeah, um, for a very long time. I Matt feel like LeBlanc. you have to talk about her. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah Matt LeBlanc from Friends, Chris Rock, Mary J. Blige, which I will which I will definitely be posting because Taylor sounds amazing singing her song Doubt. But that sounds really good. Julie Roberts. Fetty Wap. Fetty Whoop. Uh, Sean Mendez, Nick Jonas, The Weeknd, and a few more. Oh my gosh. I don't know. The 1989 World Tour became the highest grossing tour of 2015. It sold over 2.278 million tickets and grossed over $250.7 million. Wow. It was, it was acclaimed by critics who praised Taylor's stage presence and connection with the audience. Meanwhile, her appearances with an array of special guests attracted commentary regarding her new image as a pop star. On December 20th, 2015, Taylor released the concert film that was filmed at the November 28th, 2015 show at the ANZ Stadium in Sydney. It features additional behind-the-scenes footage of special guests and other shows throughout the North America and Europe tour. One of the best things to come out of the film is one of our very first Swifty Chants. Okay. Oh, is this like the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing? Yes. Like, you know how like they yell things during the songs? Okay. Yep. I call that a Rocky Horror. I feel that. I love Rocky Horror. I have a lot of Rocky Horror memorabilia, actually. Let's do Time Warp. Let's do Time Warp again. I have a Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, rubber ducky and a doll. Oh, how cute. During the song Blank Space, Taylor bangs on a metal pole with a golf club and yells the name of the city she's in during Boys Only Want Love When It's Torture. So she'd be in Sydney and she goes, you know, Boys Only Want Love When It's Torture, Sydney. And then it would play back. Oh, that's cool. And even though she did it for every city, Swifties always yell Sydney <laughs> during Blank Space and oh, Future Crossroads. It's just always Sydney. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny to hear it because sometimes it'd be like, boys only want love when it's torture. Utah! You th- <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I just saw Trey Crowder just came to Bowling Green. Do you know? He's like that progressive, like liberal redneck or whatever and he does comedy he's so funny and he was just talking about how um 
He's from Bucksnort, Tennessee. So I just imagine <laughs> Taylor being like, only what Bucksnort. if it's torture. Bucksnort! <laughs> it's so stupid. Like Kentucky has the like the most ridiculous city names too. Like I know it's uh, in Louisville, so it'd be like you know Louisville. <laughs> it doesn't Louisville. like it's- Louisville. It's two syllables. Louisville. Louisville. Well, she- well, she says it right. Like, like most people be like Louisville, but she's like Louisville. Louisville. Exactly. Louisville. But she's from well, she's from Tennessee, so she's gonna say Louisville. Sydney. Sydney. So funny. I was I was very proud of the people who stood next to me at the Eras tour because they knew all the chants. Did they know it? Oh, that's awesome. And they definitely we both said we all said Sydney, and I was like, we all laughed really hard about that. So the tour also won Best U.S. Act at the MTV Europe Music Awards and Tour of the Year at the Polish Awards. Around the time 1989 was first released, music critics generally complimented what they deemed a catchy production and an emotional engagement in songwriting. A few criticized Taylor's decision to embrace synth-pop because they felt it eroded her authenticity as a songwriter, a criticism that some journalists retrospectively regarded as a rockist. 1989, a rockist. 1989 won Album of the Year and Best Pop Vocal Album at the 2016 Grammy Awards, and it was listed as all-time album ranking by Rolling Stone and Consequence. Journalists and academics have viewed 1989 as a key success in transforming Taylor's status as a pop icon. And that's not without saying how the media scrutinized her artistic integrity, her public image. Before we break that down, let's learn about the singles. Now, before we get into that, I would like to point out very briefly, I don't know if you want to cut this or if you want to talk about this yet, but you said 2016, she won a Grammy. Had she won a Grammy yet? I think she did, but it was in like country, right? Yeah, she won for Fearless. She won all three of those Grammys that night and dropped it. You remember okay. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But this... Well, but this here's is, my she- question. So I saw a TikTok, and I want to get your theory on it, that Taylor will someday do a Broadway show. I definitely think that because you do you know she was in Cats, the movie. Okay, not really. Like... I, yeah, but I feel like that's different. I mean, it's a Broadway show. I mean, yeah, it's a movie, but like obviously, but it's like she a also movie. she like, also done aud- But she also auditioned for Light Miz and didn't get it. That I did not know. I did yes. not know that. But uh, I read somewhere that she had tweeted like "Egot baby," like she's going for an Egot. Has she gotten an Emmy or an Oscar, or is it, does she just have the Grammy? She has a Grammy. She has um, an Oscar. I'm pretty sure a nomination for a movie for a song in a movie she had. I'll double check all those, but I don't blame her. I would want to go for EGOT too. But uh, I'll double check. But the big deal about winning Album of the Year is when she wins it for the third time for uh, Folklore. That'll be she'll, she's the first female out to ever win that three times in a row. Oh, that's, that's a big cool. deal. And she does when she wins album of the year during nineteen eighty nine. Her and Jack Antonoff do this like handshake thing, and they do it again when she wins it the next time. 
and it's just really cute to see them. Speaking of award ceremonies, Issa Rae gave out an award. Do you know who she is? The comedian? Yeah. Issa Rae, hysterical. Yeah. And she gave out an award, and she was like, these are the nominees for Best Director. And then she got to the end, and she goes, let's take a moment to congratulate those men. And then, like, <laughs> looks at the camera because she said men. Like, let's take a second to congratulate these men. Love All that. those men. I love stand-up comedy. I've seen Kevin Hart. I've seen Tom Segura. <gasps> I saw Chris lo- D'Elia before he was problematic. <laughs> I've seen uh, Bo Burnham. I saw Joe Coy. You saw Bo? Yeah, before he was, before he uh, quit. Girl, we're going to have to go to Zany's together sometime. That's awesome. I had no idea I've- you were into stand-up. I was trying to go see Jason Nash at Zany's. I don't know if you know who D- David Dobrik was before he got problematic, but I was a really big Mm-mm. Vlog Squad fan. He's like a YouTuber. And I loved that whole crew before they got problematic. Oh. So let's go ahead and get into the singles. The yes. first single is Shake It Off. It was released there August 19th. And there, here she is. It was released August 19th, 2014. Taylor wrote the lyrics and composed the melody with producers Max Martin and Shellback. It's up-tempo dance pop song features a saxophone line in its production, which Taylor has said that she has a large fear of using any kind of horns in her music, but they talked her into it, and she she admits it to being the right call. The song's about Taylor's indifference with her dictators and their negative view of her image. The song was the lead single from the album, the music video was directed by Mark Romack. The video is which Taylor portrays a clumsy person attempted to practice several bad dance moves without success. It's also a nod at the media that likes to joke about her bad dancing at award shows and how she's going to shake off the haters and just dance. I love it. One of her, arguably sh- her most popular songs ever. I love, I love Shake It Off. People were like saying like oh why would she put that in Eras tour and not some other song i'm like i was like you think she's not gonna play shake it off you're crazy and you're well, not shake a taylor it off. Swift I mean, fan it's one of her most iconic songs but i think it also it's a blessing and a curse because it is so damn catchy that you can't get out of your head so i feel like everybody likes the song but i also feel like because of its popularity people are so quick to say oh well taylor swift can't write shake 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 oh no you know sh- whatever like they're just saying yeah that was really hard to write those lyrics are really hard and it's like go take shake it off and then go show them all too well in the moment i no, knew in those songs like they have no idea i literally made a tiktok about that and you haven't heard this song yet but it's one of her it's literally poetry i i it, like it literally feels like jane austen like oh wow ivy core cottage living in the forest like beautiful it's oh, called Ivy, and like it's the best. And it's a song about a woman whose husband has died, and she's trying to like find love again, but she's like, her oh. heart is frozen in the palm of their hand. That's it's a beautiful song, and I played that, oh. and I'm like, I was like, you don't know. I was like, you don't have the mental capacity to hear a good song. To try yeah, to compare it like to you Shake can't. It Off. It's beautiful. It's one of her best songs Shake it ever. Shake It Off for the club, man. Like when they, 
I wanted to hear that. I was I wanted her to play Ivy so bad at my show. The second, and I would argue her absolute most famous song still to this day, is Blank Space. It was released oh. to radio. It was released to radio stations on November tenth, two thousand fourteen. It debuted at number eighteen on the Billboard Hot one hundred. It reached number one on its third on its third week. And it took the number one spot away from Shake It Off, making Taylor the only woman in Billboard history to succeed herself at the top spot.
the fifth single is one, my, is one of my favorite songs on 1989 and that's wildest dreams oh it was yeah. it was released at radio stations on august 2015 on august 2015 taylor wrote this with max and shellback wildest dreams is a pop dream electro pop soft rock and synth pop power ballad with the atmospheric production equipped with string instruments and taylor's very own heartbeat as its beat Oh wow, that's intense. That's that's why it was like um when she. This is the only song we have of a Taylor's version from 1989, and she released it. And I was like, "Homegirls got her heartbeat back," and made me so happy. That's really cool. Oh, that's neat. I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> the lyrics describe Taylor's plea from her lover to remember her desperate and incredible end of their relationship. Critics try to be negative compared to the work of Lana Del Rey trying to like say that it was bad, but like jokes on them because Lana Del Rey is extremely talented and yeah. just happens to be one of Taylor's all time favorite artists. So that didn't really hit exactly like they wanted to. Right. Retrospectively, critics have positively viewed the song as one of her strongest songs in her catalog. Up to this point of time, of course, the song peaked with the top five on record charts in Australia, Canada, Poland, and South Africa. In the U.S., it was 1989's fifth consecutive top 10 hit on the Billboard Top 100. It was certified four times platinum and sold over 2 million copies in the United States by November 2017. It's also the only song, like we talked about earlier, that Taylor's version of, and she released it and announced it on TikTok on September 17th, 2021. And it's just so nice for her to have her heartbeat again. That's so crazy. Does this one have a music video? Yes. The music video, directed by Joseph Kahn, is set in Africa during the classical Hollywood era of the 1950s. Hmm. It shows Taylor as a brunette actress who falls in love with her co-star on set and later realizes that their inevitable end upon completion of their film. Taylor donated all the proceeds from the video to the Africa Parks Foundation of America. She looks oh, very wow. much. She looks just like her grandmother in this video. It's also very Taylor Swift. I'm not Taylor Swift. Um, Elizabeth Taylor. Oh yeah, no. that's so neat. Yeah. See, I didn't even know. I am so used to hearing it as a TikTok sound. I know, but it's a I've beautiful, never seen beautiful music video. song. I know. It's I can't a, wait it's to a hear the great rest of it. music video. I know. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. <clears throat> All of these are so good. Ah, the sixth single on 1989 is definitely my top two favorite songs, and it's Out of the Woods. You know, I've never heard this song. And I'm so excited I've for you I've never heard it. That makes me so happy. It makes my, uh, I wish we were doing like a live listening party in 1989. Right. it would be so good. But we can with, <clears throat> hopefully, the very soon Taylor's version. True. So Taylor wrote this with Jack Antonoff. The man. So, pause on the singles for just a minute, and let's talk about Jack for just a second. Uh, can we also insert that you said this is one of your top two favorite songs? This is literally like your t- username right now. I know. And a lot of things is this song. Like I think I you skirted over how much you love this song. 
so much, so much, so much. And the video is, I love it so, so much. Also haven't seen it. I'm so excited. So Jack Antonoff is a multi-instrumentist, songwriter, and record producer. He's the lead singer of the song Bleachers and is the guitarist and drummer in the pop rock band Fun. He was also previously the lead singer in the indie rock band Steel Train. Aside from Taylor, he's also worked with the 1975, Carly Rae Jimson, The Chicks, Tegan and Sarah, and more. And he's been credited with the, having the significant impact on the sound of popular music since the mid-2010s. Who, okay, who, was so the, who were the first two bands? Um, the 1975, which is Matt Healy. I'm sure yeah. you've seen that. I love that band. And Carly, J, Carly Rae Jimson. <clears throat> you okay. know, um, I, I just met call you. Me maybe. Yep. And this is crazy. So here's, here's my, my number. number. Call me maybe. Oh my gosh, that song takes me back. Holy cow. I haven't heard that in forever. Okay, so back to Out of the Woods. The lyrics about a failed relationship and the serious anxieties that Taylor experienced.
2012, Harry and Taylor spark dating rumors. You're like, Back picture, to- <laughs> Sicily, 1920. <laughs> <laughs> Back during Harry's days in One Direction, the singer notoriously Wait, wore a... Sh- I totally missed it out. What, but when, when was it actually, though? <laughs> yeah, for your notes, you're going to fail. <laughs> Fall 2012. Harry and Taylor sparked dating rumors. Got it. Back back during Harry's days in One Direction, the singer notoriously wore a silver paper plane necklace on the regular. Taylor's references is in this one song, but I'll wait for you to hear it. And I want to like take the lyric from it because you'll you'll pick it up. We'll talk about it next week. The two sparked dating rumors when Taylor was later seen wearing the same necklace, December 12th, 2012. Harry and Taylor were pictured together. The two were spotted on a stroll in New York City. And there's a famous photo of it. A lot of people think that some some people say this was all for publicity. That they were together just to like. Aww. Yeah. Because they were both like you know, in the middle of I their mean, that is like super single. <laughs> I know. January 2013, Harry and Taylor break up. <laughs> Wait, what? That's, yeah, that's January? all it was. That's, yeah, that's all it was. It was just like after three months. <laughs> Yeah, just after a few short months, the couple called it quits oh during a God. vacation. They were on vacation together. The couple was taking it with his family, and Taylor flew home to Nashville, and Harry stayed in the British Islands. Ooh, <gasps> it was a nasty breakup since she flew home. What? Oh, that's insane. We don't know. Oh. oh. For those oh, listening in, insane. my uh, friend Heaven has joined our podcast. Say hi, oh, Heaven. He, hi, guys. Hello, yeah, Heaven. Just randomly Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our podcast. She's a boss. <laughs> she's learning, too. She's a, a, a Swifty like, you know, by association. You know, you know the Bob and Tom show, how they have, like, the different yeah. people that call in? She's our she's our oh, calling. I'm the calling girl. What question? She never. She's she's, she's my best friend and doesn't know Billy Squad about Taylor Swift, but that's okay. Well, I love to keep up. If she were, and I love all if your she were to listen, you if she were to listen to our podcast, then hopefully she, she does. Would catch up. I'll, yeah, I'll, see that's what yeah, I'm saying. She, I'm, she I'm knows as much as y'all do. Up. Yeah, she's yes. catching up. I she love listens it. as much as we do. <laughs> So this is our. She's getting. She's getting alive. I'm about to. Mm-hmm. For those who play Sims, I'm about to give her computer um, a virus and mod all of her, her Sims. <laughs> I told Tyrone, and he was like, "Is you gonna get a virus?" I said, "Yes, <laughs> yes." For those absolutely. who play Sims, I'm gonna wicked out her Sims. So we have our last single, and it's New Romantics. It's taken from the deluxe edition of 1989. Taylor wrote it with Max Martin and Shellback. The song title is a reference to the New Romantics cultural movement in the very late 1970s and 1980s. The lyrics are about Taylor's reigniting her hopes and energy after having endured emotional hardships. It was made available for promotional download on March 3rd, 2015, and then released on radio on February 23rd, 2016. The music video is a compilation of footage from the 1989 tour. The single peaked number 46 on the Billboard Top 100 and entered the top 40 on record charts in Australia, Belgium, Belgium. <laughs> Belgian? Raven. Imagine. It's Scotland. Oh my god. Hey, listen, I have a question. Uh, so when when did this album drop? Because I feel like we're talking about 2014. And then this single is like 2016. Yeah, it's like two years. Isn't that a while? We're gonna, we're gonna get into it. Okay. Because... <clears throat> 
remember how she didn't put anything on her category. Like, this is all, this is the first thing that she put on download. So this is, like, after the CDs come out. Oh, because, that's right, that's right, because of the free streaming thing. Okay. The single peaked, oh, we said that. Rolling Stone in 2019 included the track on the list of 100 best songs of the 2010 decade. Oh, wow. This song? So, yeah. That's a great song. Wow. Now that we're done with the singles, let's swing back around and talk about the whole Taylor versus streaming thing. Between 2014 and 2017, Taylor completely pulled her entire music catalog from streaming select music platforms to take a stand against streaming services.
But could you imagine Taylor Swift coming out being like, I baked you cookies and here's my white cat. I baked you cookies. I know, right? You know what's sad? This is... This is the thing. This is why, like, I could be kidnapped because I'm like, actually, that sounds like a really fun time. Like, I know. just hanging out with cats and baking cookies. Like, have absolutely. you heard that? Um, have you heard that Wendy Williams TikTok uh, audio where she's like, uh, "Well, Taylor Swift invites her fans to her house. Well, Taylor Swift is weird." <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, that's I mean, I mean, Taylor do got some. People be crazy out here. You know oh yeah, she don't do that no that, more. Oh, okay. like, did she yeah. realize? Did she realize? Was she just having like a silly goofy moment where she just? Well, like, and, oh, I mean, she, well, she did it for, for she did it for three albums, but until her mom got sick, I think it's because the, more of a health issue with COVID because she don't oh, do meet yeah, and greets yeah. anymore either. And also, she has to like save her voice so she can't be like talking for an hour two hours after her show oh i'm so glad you brought this up so i just saw uh so travis kelsey and jason kelsey have a podcast together and he just said that he went to a concert and he was so sad because he made friendship bracelets for taylor swift i was like i want that relationship (laughs) so bad that would be so good i saw a video of uh someone throwing a bracelet at her and her security guard was on it Uh, they were mad well, that was still, so people sad. don't need to be. People don't need to be throwing stuff at people. People stop, stop throwing shit. Like if it's yeah, if she would have picked up PSA. that, if she would have picked up that friendship bracelet, she would have got beamed with probably like sixty. That's so sad. So you know <clears throat> she can't be doing that shit. I think they should just have boxes out front. Like yeah. throw your shit inside this box, and maybe I'll go through it whenever the show's. Oh, going. that's She's- a really good idea. She's just probably got literally though almost twenty years of shit. I also couldn't imagine how awful maybe sometimes they feel when people would pour out their heart and soul into these items like drawings. And it's and like cards I don't and know. Stuff. You. And they, it's like where do you like put that at? I think you that's know? why like, TikTok's so cool because I've seen I've well, that's the thing about Taylor. She <laughs> when she goes to these uh on the when she's at the Airs tour or wherever like city she in, she tends to like eat local order flowers local like something like did something she does something there so taylor felt like in her past era she had been in the media's face with her relationship so much she's going to calm that down and just make this era in her life about moving to new york and hanging with her friends and going out and writing her new music she said i feel like watching my dating life has been i feel like watching my dating life has become a bit of a national pastime and I'm yeah. just not comfortable providing that kind of entertainment anymore. I don't like seeing slideshows of guys I've dated, apparently. I don't like giving comedians the opportunity to make jokes at me about award shows. I don't like it when headlines read, careful bro, she'll write a song about you because it trivializes my work. And most of all, I don't like how these factors add up to build the pressure so high in a new relationship that it gets snuffed out before it even gets a chance to start. And so I just don't date. <sighs> That is so sad. Poor Taylor. Her personal life might not be to her liking. Her career was at new heights. 1989 moved to 1.29 million copies in its first week. The biggest seven-day sale since 2002. Taylor became the first artist to hit the one million week milestone three times times of all time. Aside from winning Billboard Woman of the Year, we talked about earlier, she was also awarded the first ever Dick Clark Award for Excellence at the Music 
American Music Awards. She also performed in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Oh, it's birthday. New Year's Eve? Yep, Capricorn. Oh, that's cool. 2014 was the year of many wonderful things for Taylor and her fans. Shortly after the massively successful release of 1989, Dan's on social media began to experience another phenomenon. 2014 was a year for many wonderful things for Taylor and her fans. Shortly after the massively successful release of 1989, fans on social media began to experience another phenomenon. After something that suddenly became known as hashtag Tay Lurking, whereupon every detail of a fan's likes, job, whereabouts was studied intently. Here we go again. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, wait, hold on. Hold on, I have to write down. Hold on. New Year's What's Eve. Wrong? Yeah, she performed at New Year's Eve. <clears throat> I'm writing down the videos that I want to watch. Oh, yeah, I'll send them to you. Like, just in case, like, you miss yeah. any. Like, I'm writing down ones I want to watch. Gotcha. Okay. Repeat what you said. Tay lurking? Yeah. After something okay, say that this became again. known. After something that became known as hashtag Tay lurking, whereupon mm-hmm. every detail of a fan's likes, jobs, whereabouts was studied intently, and a single Santa emoji would appear on their socials from the one and only Taylor Swift. These other <gasps> stories. Don't other stories. During Santa the 2014 During the 2014 holiday season, Taylor sent huge packages of early Christmas presents to fans. Thirty-two lucky Tumblr followers of hers received FedEx boxes in the mail wrapped by Taylor herself. The elated recipients took to social media, flooding Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr with images and videos of themselves unwrapping the gifts. Fans dubbed this event Swiftmas. Ever since, it has become a fandom tradition to organize a Swiftmas Secret Santa every December. Fans from all over the world would participate and send each other letters and presents. Taylor documented the whole experience, and I'll post this all on our Instagram. There's a whole video of it. How fun. So, let's talk squad. So Taylor has said that growing up, she was a very lonely child and often ate her lunch alone. So it always hurt me to see the media for some reason hate on the fact that she's got a group of friends who are also famous and attractive. Some of them include Selena Gomez, Emma Stone, Kendall Jenner, Carly Kloss, Jamie King, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Ed Sheeran, Gigi Hadid, and Lord. The internet started to call these random friends calculating a term that Taylor is not a fan of. So apparently she can't just have friends. She has calculated this group of famous pretty girls just to make her image look good, I guess. Yeah, I know, right? I wish I was smart enough to think about that. And that's a isn't she kind of a genius? Why are we? Well, and that's but here's my thing: that's a very eclectic group of people. Like that, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't think you would be able to pull that many strings unless there was like a genuine friendship there. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? Taylor says, never being a popular as a kid was always an insecurity for me. Even as an adult, I still have reoccurring flashbacks sitting at lunch tables alone (laughs) or hiding in the bathroom stall or trying to make a friend and being laughed at. 
In my Aww. 20s, I found myself surrounded by girls who wanted to be my friend. So I shouted from the rooftops, posted pictures, and celebrated my newfound acceptance into a sisterhood without realizing that other people might still feel the way I felt, so it also felt alone. It's important to address our long-standing issues before we turn them into a living embodiment of them. But even though Taylor has seemed to swear off love in declaring 1989 as her single era, the love bug has seemed to caught up to her. When Taylor meets famous DJ Calvin Harris... And our letters. DJ Khaled. I was like, <laughs> DJ what? literally what? thought she was going to say DJ I'm so Khaled. Sorry. I did, I'm, I'm not DJ Khaled. What like, about oh DJ I Khaled? Thought she, I literally thought you were going to say DJ Khaled. <laughs> no, DJ <laughs> Calvin Harris. I think he's he's either British or Australian. I'm not sure which one. I think he's British. Okay. <laughs> Can you imagine her and DJ Khaled together. Shut up. Oh <laughs> goodness. Anyways, anyways, it'd be so bad. So, they're later seen holding hands at Kenny Chesney's concert in Nashville. Even though Taylor has always been tight-lived about who she's dating, Calvin and Taylor begin showing up at each other's Instagram post. What? Say that sentence again. Been tight-lived about who she's dating? It was the always for me. You know Taylor's always been tight-lipped. But she's never been like... But she, no, like in, no, I mean, like, actually s- say she's dating someone, put them out okay, that's publicly, that's admitted true. to it. Like, that's true. But this is the first time that they had someone on each other's, like, Instagrams. Like, they were, like, Instagram uh, like official. Openly, yeah. Taven yeah. became the it couple in 2015, and it became the longest relationship. Oh, my computer went dark. And it became the longest relationship she had she had publicly had until that point. So the image of her being a hopeless serial dater had thankfully died down. But another battle for Taylor was on the home front. They even wrote the smash hit, This Is What You Came For, together. And Taylor sang the backup vocals, for, but Taylor didn't want their public relationship status to cloud the song. So she wrote it under... A su- how do you say that word? Pseudonym. Pseudonym. You know? Yeah. Pseudonym. Um, or pseudonym. I, I also don't pseudonym. know how she pronounces this either. It's like Niles something. It's N-I-L-S and then S-J-O-B-E-R-G, which comes from the name of a Swedish officer and poet. Hmm. But do you know that song with Rihanna? This is what you came for. Lightning I, strikes yeah. every time mm-hmm. she moves. Yeah, that's right. Oh that. man, I didn't realize that was Taylor. Yeah, because she, she, she wrote that. it under another name. That's fascinating. Man, so remember how I said that uh, another battle was on the home front for Otay? Yeah. Taylor was fighting for the rights to put out the music she wanted. In interviews, she mentioned a couple times. That she wasn't happy with her record label, Big Machine Records. They didn't believe in her ability to cross over to pop and wanted to make her stay, at least in some regard, in country. Stop. Why? You're ruining the podcast. <clears throat> the cats are wild. And look, they're ca- Oh my God. She's about to jump. Here she comes. Oh my God. I can't do this. <laughs> You're everywhere. Can't do this. They're everywhere. 
They didn't believe in her ability to cross over to Pop and wanted to make her stay, at least in some regard, in country, where she'd been the undoubtful leading female artist for the better part of the decade. When asked what the most difficult part of making 1989 was, she recalled the sit-downs with her team. Taylor said, Convincing members of my team that the pop move was a good call. People seemed to love the album, and I remember all the sit-downs in the conference room where I would get kind of called out in front of a group of people who have worked with me for years. They said, Are you sure you really want to do this? Are you sure you want to name an album 1989? We think it's a weird title. Are you sure you want to put an album cover that has half of your face on it? Are you sure you want to take a genre that you Jeez. submitted yourself in and switch it to one that you're a newcomer to? Yeah, and answering she does. all those yeah, and answering all those questions with yes, I'm sure. Yeah, really frustrated okay, me at times. At times, like guys, do you understand this is what I'm dying to do. The biggest struggle became my biggest triumph when it all worked out. At the very same moment in time, investment banking booklet shopping Big Machine, which would have included the rights to Taylor's Masters, were circulating all over the internet. It was on Facebook, Twitter, and even Snapchat. It's like the main sign in the business world something was fishy. Music insiders could see that she had one more album to deliver at Big Machine and that she had not re-signed. By fall of 2015, Taylor had a level of fame that started to feel unmanageable. 1989 was a cultural milestone. And as the 1989 World Tour came to close in December, people began to wonder, is Taylor scared of being scared of not being able to follow up 1989? Taylor said, no. How could the next one be as big? Maybe the next album will be a bridge to something else. Or maybe it'll be, I don't know, I'll go ahead and change everything. And after the tour, she decided she needs a break. Sometime, she said, I think I should take some time off. I think people need a break for me. I'm going to, I don't know, hang out with some friends, write some new music. Maybe not, maybe not write music. I don't know. So 
we know now that Taylor really, really needed a break. We didn't find out until the documentary came out, but Taylor was smiling and working through some real dark issues within herself and was battling some. And this is a trigger warning for those listening to this podcast. Taylor was battling eating disorders issues. Oh, no. She was struggling with trying to keep up with an impossible beauty standard, all while being the most photographed woman in the entire world. We can discuss more on that once Kelsey sees the full documentary, but I felt like it was important to bring it up. And I think about being during this time, the media either loved how skinny she was or they hated it. That's so sad. And it's really hard to look back at that because we know Taylor is being like that, like stick, like skinny, like in that time, short hair. And we, I just, it's just, you look back now and she just looks so tired. Well, and here's what makes me so sad is looking at the squad. I was like, that's interesting because you have like Carly Klaus and you have uh, Cara Delevingne, Gigi Hadid, like they're all and Kendall Jenner like they're all either models or like I feel like have similar beauty standards imposed upon them that like oh these women have to look like Barbies or have perfect figures so it's like maybe they kind of connected on that level too of like hey I know what you're going through yeah exactly all the more reason why the squad is genuine at the 2015 Video Music Awards, Taylor presented Kanye West with a Video Vanguard Award. She spoke extremely highly of him and his accomplishments. Mm. She made a joke calling back to their famous first meeting where he interrupted her speech on that very stage all those years ago, saying, You know, I'm really happy for you, and I'm going to let you finish, but Kanye West had one of the best careers of all time. She oh, also called cute. him her friend and stood next to Kim Kardashian during his insane 11 minute speech about absolutely nothing. And I don't know if I should post I that speech. Really I, was feeling like I, should, that. I gotta post it because he's just like, <laughs> man, the kids, bruh, the kids, the future, bruh, so the kid, weird. Kanye, 2024, whatever it was, 2020. Oh, I don't know. <sighs> So after the tour, and just as Taylor was getting to wind down for a bit at the very beginning of 2016, she was back into the thick of it. Kanye West released a new song in which he bragged that he had made Taylor famous and grossly theorized the pair would have sex. The story flew all over social media for the next 72 hours. Everyone was confused during to presenting the award. Hadn't the feud been squashed? Austin Swift posted an Instagram video of him casually tossing a pair of Yeezys in the garbage. When asked about it, Taylor said, I think the world is so bored with the saga. I just don't want to add anything to it because then there's just more. Didn't mean it still didn't piss her off, though. Kanye credit... Kanye credit taking and the long tradition of men being dismissively active as well as subconsciously mansplaining of the hard work and success of women of women didn't sit right with her. This was something that Taylor had become hardened to having much of her early years being mainly recognized, not for her songwriting gifts, but for who she was dating. So when she was, the, on the music industry's highest honor, the Grammy Award for Album of the Year in February 2016, 
she decided to offer stirring words to women in the audience speech. She said, you know, I went out on a normal amount of dates in my early 20s and I got absolutely slaughtered for it. And it yeah. took a lot of hard work and alterating my decision making. I didn't date for two and a half years. Should I have had to do that? No. I guess what I wanted, I wanted to call attention to my speech at the Grammys was how it's going to be difficult if you're a woman who wants to achieve something in life, no matter what. Wow. <clears throat> that got heavy. The few didn't take away from the crowning achievements in the 2016 Grammys were for Taylor after losing for Red the two years prior. Here she That's is right. taking home three of the biggest awards of the night, Album of the Year, Best Pop Vocal Album, and the Best Music Video for Bad Blood. During her speeches, she notably never thanked or mentioned her famous boyfriend, Calvin. That night, Aww. she became the first woman in the fifth act overall to win Album of the Year twice. It also became the most awarded album, pop album in history. <clears throat> Taylor also went to the Met Gala that May and debuted a new hairstyle that we Swifties refer to as the Beachella stage. Beachella? Beachella. Taylor like Cinderella was Cinderella and Beach? Yeah, like, like, or Bleachella. Bleachella. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad I clarified. Yeah, awesome. Taylor also went to the Met Gala in May and debuted her new hairstyle that we Swifties refer to as Bleachella. Taylor was a co-chair for the event intended to her boyfriend, Calvin Harris. The one rule of the Met Gala is no phones or photos once inside the gala, but every year, videos get out and this was no different. Taylor was captured in what seemed to be a dance-off with Marvel star Tom Hiddleston to T.I.'s song, Bring Him Out. They seem to be having a blast, but nothing but friendly. <clears throat> about a month later, news broke that Taylor and Calvin had broke up about 15 months to together. Sources say it wasn't messy and that things just didn't work out sometimes. June 15, 2016, Taylor and Tom's romance breaks the internet. So she is now dating Tom Hiddleston. Do you like Marvel? Loki? Hiddle, you know? Loki. I was just about to say that. The two were photographed kissing and holding hands and cuddling in Rhode Island. June, June 21st, 2016, Tom and Taylor attend Selena Gomez's concert in Nashville. June 23rd, 2016, Taylor introduces Tom to her parents before going on a date in Nashville. June 24th, Tom introduces Taylor to his mother in England. June 27th, Tom and Taylor have a vacation in Rome. June 29th, sources say that Taylor and Tom have fallen hard for each other. There's there's pictures of all of this, a lot of it. It's a very public relationship. When did it start? <clears throat> um, and like, yeah, June, June 2020, 2016. <clears throat> June 29th, sources say that Taylor and Tom have fallen hard for each other. July 2016, Taylor and Tom spend 4th of July together at Taylor's Rhode Island home while having one of her famous 4th of July parties. She was parties. known for having these huge parties at her 4th of yep. July house out on the beach. The guest list included people like Blake Lively, Carly Kloss, Ruby Rose, Gigi Hadid. <clears throat> July 3rd, Tom was famously photographed walking seashore with Taylor wearing a tank top that read I Heart TS and a fake Aww. tattoo on his arm with a heart and a T in the middle. Oh, July 7th, 
Taylor and Tom have dinner together in Australia, July 14th. Tom Hiddleston says his relationship with Taylor is not a publicity stunt after much after much speculation. When asked about it, he flat out said, the truth is, me and Taylor Swift are together and we are very happy. Thank you for asking. Go ahead. July 27th, Taylor and Tom enjoyed dinner together in Santa Monica. July 2000, August, Tom joins Instagram and is followed by Taylor. August 14th, Tom flies from L.A. to Rhode Island to see Taylor. September 6th, Taylor and Tom break up. News broke that it was an amicable split. <clears throat> now, we'll get that into it, sucks. but there's a lot of speculation. And this is when sometimes we have to admit that our heroes might, you know... Let you down sometimes. Everyone's got a fault. But there is speculation that, that Taylor did cheat on Tom with Joe. Oh, oh no. And that's how they got together. And then, uh, then she, oh, left, man. she left Tom for Joe. Um, but we don't know that. But Right. It, it hasn't been confirmed. And, you know, but, the, the split was amicable. And respect on them she, for having a clean breakup. She has a song called... Um, if um, Filiac Affairs, and it's about you know she has like a lyrics. It's like it's it's kind of everyone kind of makes a joke. It's not really a joke, but they basically make a joke. And she says, "Do I have to tell you where I was on April 29th? Do I have to really tell you how he brought me back to life? Like, god damn, girl." Uh, oh wow, that's in- that's heavy. Yeah. Oof. And so from timeline we'll get also that in reputation. We think that we that Taylor met Joe at that Met Gala. Oh, this okay. particular one. Because and Joe is, was there. So she was the there. What is what does the new Joe do? He's an actor. Oh, okay. Oh really? He's a British actor, yeah. What's he in? Oh yeah, I was like, I don't what's what's he in? Yeah, he's British. After the Grammys and two public breakups, a world tour, and the battle with her label, a stab in the back from what she thought was a friend, and standing up to the entire music industry over streaming, Taylor really needed the break. She knew she was overexposed and had to disappear from the public eye immediately. She became so big, such a large target, that she had no longer a mere person, but a cultural symbol and a lightning rod for questioning her abilities and slut-shaming. Jack Antonoff described Taylor's status as almost being like the president. She's the biggest, and a lot of people have been the biggest, but not a lot of people have been the biggest and the best, and she is. Mm. Taylor was looking forward to a quiet 2016. She told Vogue, Honestly, I never relax, and I'm excited about being able to relax for the first time in 10 years. I'm just taking things as they come now. I just decided that after the past year, with all the things and unbelievable things that's happened to me, I decided I was going to live my life a little bit without the pressure on myself, create something I've always wanted to go to in a writing song. The thing is, with me, I could very well come up with three things in the next two weeks and then jump back into the studio, and all of a sudden the next record is stated. And all of a sudden the next record is started. That's an option too, but probably not for the moment. I would really like to take a little short time to learn things. I have a lot of short-term goals. Those include wanting to be a real-rounded person who can make a good drink and CPR. And so Taylor took her break. 
And so Taylor took her break, but we wouldn't have much time to relax as 2016 became the worst year of her life and what is we, she called the apocalypse. Back to the song that Taylor released called Famous had a controversial lyric that claimed Kanye had made Taylor famous. Back to the song that Kanye released called Famous had a controversial lyric that claimed that Tanya, Kanye had made Taylor famous and that the two might have sex. Taylor stayed silent while her friends and her family jumped to her defense and then being one of the one feud to a triangle when Kanye's wife, Kim Kardashian, stepped in during the GQ interview in June and said that Taylor had given Kanye her blessing and totally approved that line before it was out. She said she totally approved that. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he really was doing proper protocol and even called it to get it approved. Wow. And it didn't stop there. Kim went on to claim that the phone controversy and ugh, and it didn't stop there. Kim went on to claim that the phone conversation where Taylor had approved the lyrics had been recorded on camera. Oh. Also claiming that Taylor's attorney sent them a letter saying, don't you dare do anything with that footage and asking them to destroy it. Just, what? When, things, just when you think it can't get worse in Kanye fashion, it gets worse. <sighs> no, no. June 25th, 2016, the music video for Famous is released and adds so much fuel to the flame. The video begins with a shot of Kanye and Kim asleep in the bed, and it pans out to reveal... Sorry. And it pans out to reveal a naked Taylor, Taylor Swift asleep on the side, other side of the bed. A few others that also sleep in the weird fictional bed is Trump... Caitlyn Jenner, Ray J, who has famously made yeah, the sex, the sex tape with tape. Kim K that led to her fame. Oh my gosh. Anna Wintour, Chris Brown and Rihanna, who famously had a domestic abuse case where Chris beat Rihanna in the face, and a few others. All the celebrities were lifelike wax figures, and Justin Taylor, it's unclear how many actually agreed to be in the video. What the There was heck? no response for Taylor's team. But many women, like Lena Durnham, jumped to her defense to slam the video for its apparent legalization of rape culture. I mean, honestly. how it killed her to see women she loved and admired reduced to a pair of waxy breasts made yeah. by some special effects guy in the valley. That's awful. July 18th, 2016, Kim Kardashian posts on Twitter. Wait, it's National Snake Day? They have holidays for everybody? I mean, everyone these days? With tons of snake emojis, she also says that her followers should unfollow her, or should all her followers should follow her on Snapchat, where she would later drop a secret recording of Taylor Swift's phone call conversation where Kanye seemingly agreed to the use of the name act on his song, Famous. She seems to use the word respect and friend a lot in the conversation. Taylor insists that she never concluded that the fact she referred to was a bitch in the song, saying she had never heard the lyric, I made that bitch famous, and the recording that Kim uploaded does not include that lyric either. Taylor then posted this on Instagram. 
Where in the video Kanye telling me he was going to call me that bitch in his song? It doesn't exist because it never happened. You don't get to control someone's emotional response to being called that bitch in front of the entire world. Of course I wanted to like the song. I wanted to believe Kanye when he told me that I would love the song. I wanted us to have a friendly relationship. He promised to play the song for me, but he never did. While I waited and wanted to be supportive of Kanye on the phone call, you cannot approve a song you haven't heard. Being falsely painted as a liar when I was never given the full story or played any part of the song is character assassination. And I would very much like to be removed from this narrative, one that I never asked to be a part of since 2009. People chose sides, choosing Taylor or Kim and Kanye's. Hashtag Taylor Swift is over was number one thing on Twitter. Her social media filled with sake emojis and we slowly saw was initially the first cancel. And so Taylor did what she thought the public wanted and disappeared. She shifted her priorities and lived a much more private life. Fans didn't know if we'd ever see her again or if she'd return to music at all until she blacked out her personal social media accounts. And that brings us to reputation. And that brings us to reputation. Dun, dun, dun.